Possession crucial from this. How much longer will the referee allow? Dublin lead by a point. And there's the whistle. It's over. It's over. We earned it by winning the last two matches on the road, and that's not going to be taken away from us. What I love in Hurland, I love players that will never give in. He hits it. He hits it. It's over the bar. Hello, welcome to the RTGA podcast. Hope you're all doing well. Um, joined by Roy O'Neill as always, Malgi Clarkin of the Irish Times, and Brendan Cummins to talk about a massive weekend of hurling. How are you doing, Brendan? I'll go, Jack. Blind yeah. up for the weekend now. Should be a good one. Uh, Eamon Fitzmaurice will be along in a bit to look ahead to what is also a busy weekend of football. It does seem like the championship's kind of gone up a notch this week. Um, Brendan, it's we'll start with Munster because I think it's it's the game on <laughs> on everybody's lips. Talking to uh, the poor uh, poor people working in centres and super value below in uh, in uh, Clare and Limerick and uh, not a single ticket that they get and the queues outside the shops and Ticketmaster melting down and it's just um, it feels like I, I don't know it feels like we, it almost feels like we're stepping back to 1995. It just it, it has a real kind of old style kind of monster final feel to it. You could kind of forget that they came through around Robin. And it is actually the two unbeaten teams, so in a way you could say it is old-fashioned in that respect. Yeah, it is. There's no doubt it's the best two teams in Munster are playing each other. And um, I think you, you saw the atmosphere in, in Ennis. I was up there for the, the game when they played Watford and everyone, the stewards of Met going in, said, ah, you should have been here last Sunday. There was some atmosphere last Sunday. And in fairness to Brian Lohan, I think there's a little narrative that we've got on undercurrent that he's not getting enough credit. And I'd buy in with that, to be honest with you. I mean, everyone, the word old school has been used a lot about Brian Lohan, as if it's a derogatory term. I think what he's done with this Clare team is he's he's allowed them to make decisions on the pitch. He's given them responsibility. And more importantly, I think he trusts them. And yes, Tony Kelly is the, is the man and all that. But Shane O'Donnell and Peter Duggan have slot back into this group seamlessly. Now, that tells me that... Brian Lohan and his backroom team have been in contact with those players all through the time when they were away, because otherwise they wouldn't have come back in with as much passion and fire as they have. So all those ingredients have meant that Clare have had a huge resurgence and they come into this Munster final for me, very well positioned uh, to, to be the best ones to give Limerick a go. Um, even though I do think at the end of it all, Limerick will probably have too much. But when you talk about being angry and you talk about us being excited and queues outside centres like outside Dublin Airport to get in, to get tickets, um, then suddenly, you know, everybody knows that there's that there's a little bit of a cut or a between. And uh, it's for me, it's going to be fantastic because it's back to the old days in the Munster Championship when they're going around the parade, everyone is grinding their teeth, looking at this and they can't wait to get going, the players especially. So it's going to be, it's going to be an epic game, I think. Yeah, it, Maliki, it does, you know, at the start of the championship, you know, when, when Limerick met Watford, I thought this could be the first of three times yeah. these these teams are meeting. Um, we all still think Limerick are going to probably go as far into the championship as possible, but the identity of the team who might be on the other end of the trilogy has changed over the course of the last month and a half. Yeah, and it's great. Like, it's, it's great to to feel the buzz of it down in Clare. Um, I was down for that Watford game and it's funny, I was on the train beforehand and there was a, a, a sort of a, a quartet of seats beside me uh, and these four women got on and I'd say they were sort of late 20s and they were going from Limerick down to Ennis for the game in Clare jerseys and all the talk, and it, it's, it's whatever it is, it's a 25-minute train journey, all the talk all the way was organising where they were going to be on Monday morning 
at quarter past seven to get their tickets for the final. And, you know, you're kind of going, like when the round robin came in, like people weren't even sure whether making a monster final was a good thing. You know, they, they, didn't the received wisdom become, ah, you want to finish third in Munster, you don't want to be giving yourself an, a, an extra game for, for no good reason. You want to, you, you know, you want to get the handy route through to the semi-final. Jesus, nobody in Clare is thinking that. They, 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 this is, they are and have been from a good three, four weeks out, Munster. Let's go and do it. This is we're we're flying. We're all in for the monster final, and it's great. Like it is, it is a fantastic thing um, for them. It's a fantastic thing for the county. Um, I'm actually doing a piece for Saturday's paper about they haven't won monster in 24 years, 20 and years. every other monster county has won it at least four times in that period. It's a, such a weird anomaly that. When, and especially when you think about who Clare were in 1998, they were the absolute dominant force in Munster hurling. They didn't lose a game in Munster for for three years, like between 96 and the 99 Munster final. Like they were, and to go for, if you had come out of the sort of 98 replay against Waterford and said, right lads, Clare, you'd be here in 2022 and Clare still won't have won the Munster title. Sure, nobody would have believed you. It would have seemed like the most bonkers thing in the world to say. So there's a huge buzz about it, and it's fantastic. And it's fantastic that they're going. They're not. It's not like they're they're turning up against Limerick. Yes, they're underdogs, but they're not turning up like as lambs to the slaughter, or you know, trying. To, they might struggle to keep it pucked out or anything like that. They're going with a serious chance, oh, big time, and that's a fantastic thing. Yeah, uh, it, it, it's very important, Rory, isn't it, for, for the Munster Championship, the All-Ireland Championship in general, that we that we at least have the, like, we don't think that the team going up against Limerick are there to make up the numbers. And that was why we, not why we, but we, there was evidence for, but people grasped onto Waterford because it was like, yeah, they, they have everything they need. And on the other side, we're like, uh, Leinster, we're, we're not convinced by Kilkenny, but Galway, Galway look like they have the right mix of everything to take on. They're like everything is being judged, obviously, through the prism of Limerick. And all of a sudden, like, almost, you know, unbeknownst to everybody outside of Clare, it's like, all oh, right, Clare, actually, they're a team who could actually put it up to Limerick. And it's very important that we have these teams to place against Limerick and say they could do them I, I, look I think that's absolutely fair like it's right that everything is judged Limerick haven't been beaten in the championship since 2019 they're 13 games unbeaten the championship hurling and until somebody does it you know they that's they are the the prism through which everything else should be measured um I just like just to go back to it I think like the atmosphere around this whole occasion is going to be unreal. I mean, it is real. It was going to be a real throwback to old school Munster hurling. Like I'd imagine the I'd imagine the square in Turles will be rocking from early doors, Brendan. Like you know what it's like when you know for a sold out Turles and just what the colour, the buzz. Um um, but there's a great buzz in both counties, and I do think Clare have a really good chance. The nature of modern intercounty hurling, like they could still lose by seven or eight points, but the nature of modern intercounty hurling is you can do a lot of damage in a very short period of time that can sometimes, you know, make a sort of a, you know, a, a, a misrepresentation. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, can, yeah. especially can... when bodies are tired at the end of the game. Do, yeah. do, 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 do you know what I'm saying? So, like, but I do, I do, I give them every chance. I just don't think they're going to be good enough on this occasion. I think they'll learn again. They're, they're, but like, they will go into this all guns blazing. As you, as Malachi said, there's a massive buzz around Claire at the minute. They're, I was actually talking to Dalo last night, like they're getting their suits ready because they're going to be the Jubilee team this year at, on the day of the All-Ireland final because of the fact they missed out during COVID. So they're presenting the 95 and 97 teams together this year <clears throat> to make up for it. And I was saying, Jesus, do you know what? There'd be some crack if Claire are actually in that final as well. And you give them every chance now. Um, obviously, Sunday, they've got to get over first. Um, but I just think, look, I just, there's just still too much know-how. I think there'll be an added little bit of significance because the Mackey Cup is being unveiled for the first time as two great grandnieces are actually going to bring the cup out onto the field. I think that might just add something for Limerick, like to be the first team to win it. Uh, you know, I, look, I don't necessarily think it's going to make or break how the game is played out, but there's just, there's a whole razzmatazz around this event now again, and it's just a monster final to really savour. Yeah, Brendan, get down to the nitty gritty, I suppose. If, uh, Limerick have the know-how and John Kiley knows, has pretty much knows how to beat everybody at this stage. So do you think he'll have a specific plan for Tony Kelly? And if so, what would it be? I'm not sure. I think the last couple of times they've played um, Claire, they've let Tony Kelly drift. They might have Dara Donovan and one of the midfielders picking him up. The issue of Tony Kelly plays in any one of the forward positions and you follow him all over the pitches, he drags your shape out unless you're going to play with seven backs um, to allow someone to follow him, like Brendan Maher did, I suppose, in Ennis today a number of years ago. Um, but I don't think he will. I think whoever picks him up or the half-forwards coming back will be the ones, if he's outside um, the, the Limerick 65, they'll be the ones that will be charged of picking him up. And when he comes into that area, if he comes into your zone then, but shape and structure are very, very important to Limerick. And one thing on that, and I don't what we call it a disturbance in the force, so what do we call it, right? But... They've been coming out to talk to Canerk and Kylie an awful lot more in the last couple of matches. I saw him against Tipperary today. And when Tip were, were pinging puck outs to Jer Brown and Flynn around the middle of the field, they were looking at each other, scratching their heads, going, one second here now. And they were going out to the sideline. Now, to be fair to Clare, and we're back to the old style, when they went out to the sideline in Ennis, a Clare fella followed them out. And so that means then Canerk or Kylie after the helmet and shin guards on if they're coming in to give a message because they'll get turned upside down <laughs> if they go into that hostile area. So Claire automatically said, you know what, you can go out and talk if you like, but we're not letting you have your little conversation. So I'm going into the confessional and I'm going to, that, that there's an, a hostility involved in it. So that I think is, is, is shots fired from a Claire point of view in that we're going to do our thing out here. And if you want to go out to the sideline, we'd follow you out and we'll set the whole place on fire as well. But back to your original point, I don't think they'll follow him around the pitch. I don't think it suits Limerick because it throws him out of shape. And that's the problem you have as a manager always. If you look out and your half-back line is halfway up the pitch, or one of them is halfway up the pitch following Tony Kelly, there's an ocean of space then for the likes of O'Donnell and Peter Duggan, these lads, to go into, and they won't want to do that. Yeah. Malachi, it's not entirely like by choice they've had injuries to very key players, Limerick. Do you think there's an element they have been playing slightly with the handbrake on thus far and we might we might see the real Limerick stand up now on Sunday? I don't know. I think they've been... I think they're slightly fraying around the edges as with those injuries, um, with the odd suspension. Uh, they haven't had... Like the one 
the one real standout characteristic of this sort of, if we call them the two pandemic All-Irelands, was an absolute uh, concrete selection. Uh, I think something like at least 12 and maybe 13 players started every one of those uh, two All-Irelands uh, uh, campaigns in 2020 and 2021. Like they're... They have they had tried and trusted even down to the subs that they were were, were bringing on. It was it was pretty much working off the same batch of sort of 21, 22, 23 players all the way through. They've had to they've that's been disrupted this year. Um, they've had to play without Keane Lynch. Like you can't you can't take a two-time uh, uh, player of the year out and pretend that it's not going to make a difference on some level. Uh, even the sort of uh, jiggery pokery moving uh, Kyle Hayes up front, and you're 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 essentially taking out the the the, the dominant wing back in the sport and patching him in somewhere else. So I think there has been a bit of fraying around the edges there. I don't think it's a handbrake. I think it is just true circumstance that that they have they haven't they haven't had the machine in the perfect fluid working order that it was through 2020 and 2021 look they're still unbeaten nobody has been able to catch them um but i just wonder i yeah i have wondered all year i like it's all very well i, I remember after the waterford game going right like they they still won against waterford without four all-stars and look we know where where waterford went after that and that's fine but there's still you can't just pretend that four all-stars are nothing, you know, and you can't just pretend that these headline players, once they start missing a few games, that leaves you very, no matter how good you are, no matter how deep your panel is, that leaves you vulnerable to the next, the next ones and the next ones and the next ones. And, you know, let's say Gerald Hegarty picks up something or Tom Morrissey picks mm. up something or, or Galan, like, you know, Galan, by far the leading scorer from play in the whole championship so far. Somebody like 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 that, an injury or a suspension there could could cause them problems somewhere down the line. So no, I don't think they've been playing with the handbrake. I think they've been going as hard at it as they mm. as as they have been let really. But circumstances are are a small bit different so far this year for them. Yeah. yeah, and I'd also say to that that there's in fairness to the, the management team, um it's grand when you're skiing downhill, we'll call it, like they had been over the COVID All-Irelands, right? And everything's going great. Then you have to switch into managing around Robin. But there's also a time your run element. And I think if we stand back from this monster final, by the time they get to an All-Ireland quarterfinal or semi-final, it'll be a card that Keane Lynch is going to come on or Casey's going to come on or Flanagan will have more game time in him. So if you look at the bigger picture, I think they've managed it very, very well. They've gotten to a monster final, still undefeated. We are throwing a little bit of doubts as they're fraying around the edges, which is ideal for if you're a Limerick background team, you're going great. They all think we're on the way down and then we'll bring in the big guns and we get to Crow Park and Kyle Hayes ends up back wing back and they're back to the way they were, like you said, with that consistent group. And there's a certainty in what everybody's doing. So they just needed to get through Munster, which they've pretty much navigated well, injuries back, and then they can make the drive into Crow Park then to, to get the big prize. So I think they've managed it really, really well. Um, but of course, unless they win the All Ireland, that'll really be the proof of it. But so far, I think they've done really well. Yeah, Roy, the the the, the kind of the, the common wisdom was that you know, you, like physicality, physicality, physicality. If you if you can't match Limerick for it, 
you're, you know, you're not going to beat them, you know, you're not going to beat them skill wise, etc. Um, there was some, you know, remarks about Shane O'Donnell having having beefed up. I think it might have been slightly exaggerated. He, he did come out looking like the Incredible Hulk, but he certainly got a bit more mass on his upper body. But so Claire, they're not a small team. They're 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 a, a decent size. But the other, they're well able. But the other thing that they have in abundance, which we were talking about in terms of football Monday, is pace. They're a very quick team as well. And I think if you're if you if you can if you can get somewhere near Limerick in terms of physicality, I don't think they're quite at the same level. But add in pace, especially in the forward division, it becomes an interesting prospect, doesn't it? Yeah, I think, and they definitely have plenty. They have enough up front to give Limerick plenty to worry about. I think the big thing from a Limerick perspective, I mean, their full back line, like the Barry Nash, like the way Barry Nash has been hurling, you know, and the sort of. Like he's his Barry was did Barry Nash start out as a forward? I think he started yeah. as a as a, was yeah. it a wing forward that he started and wing they've kind of converted him into yeah. a cornerback. Um, so like you, you're just talking about a sort of a game intelligence there, the way he kind of sweeps in 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 behind, gives that uh, half back line so much um, so much protection. They've obviously got the return to form of Mike Casey, and Sean Finn is. I, I think pound for pound the best defender in the country so <clears throat> I think that's the key for me is whether or not Claire can get any change inside that full forward line they'll probably need to score a goal um, and you know I, I but they have enough up in, in there like I mean Peter Duggan is hurling really well you know, obviously, look, they'll have a plan for Tony. Tony will just do what Tony Kelly always does, probably score 15 or 16 points, and we'll all just, you know, just accept it as 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 normal service. But, like, I think with, you know, Brian Taylor, Shane O'Donnell, they have, like, like I think Clare have enough firepower for once. Like, historically, Clare teams wouldn't generally have had that kind of firepower. I think they have enough to trouble Limerick. Um, but... Yeah, yeah. You just you don't know if it's going to be enough to get him over the line. Yeah, It'd be also other... interesting. So sorry to see on the on the Limerick puck out. Limerick, as we all know, will play four in the full back line on the puck out because they want to get the ball to Dermot Burns. He's the best striker of the ball. So when Dermot Burns gets it, the ball is going in deep. So Flanagan and Galan, whoever's in the full forward line, know it's coming. So will Claire push up and play and try to stop that from happening? Mm. And of course, the byproduct of you doing that is you're one for one all over your half forward line. So you're back at your half back line. So you're backing that you're better than Hegarty, you're better than Morrissey in the air. So it'll be interesting to see because I think it's a huge weapon that that, that Limerick use. When they give it to any one of the other three bar Burns, they're running it. But if they give it to Burns, more often than not, he's getting out 30 yards of his own goal and it's going inside, bouncing front of the full forward line. So that's another one. With clear allowed, or he's sticking it over, Brendan. Like he's in, yeah. he's incredible. I think he's their second top scorer, like David Burns, the wing back. You know, yeah. yeah. It's a, a, there is an interesting thing there, though, that I I think teams tend to get sucked into a small bit of a trap by putting somebody on David Burns, like a, a kind of a working wing forward who'll fight uh, with him for ball in the air and all that stuff. Shane O'Donnell's a bit different. Like, mm. like Burns will have to do some defending on Shane, yeah. Shane O'Donnell, he's, you know? He's much more mobile. Like, he's yeah. very yeah. mobile. Yeah. Damn good in the air for a fella and his he, size. He's and, unpredictable as well, what he, where he'll go and what he'll do. And, like, you know, talk about unpredictable. Nobody was sitting here three months ago saying, 
Jesus Clare going to have a, a brilliant uh, weapon at wing forward in uh, in the championship, a young fella by the name of Shane O'Donnell. Yeah. Like he has been completely reinvented there mm. uh, after his time away. And like, like in March, like he is an amazing story. In March, he was absolutely not certain that he was going to play. He was he 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 sat down with his, with his uh, concussion specialist and they had a long conversation and and he got assurances from the concussion specialist that look it's up to you now you can you I, I am not stopping you playing but it's up to you and like he he took a week to think about it so like he is he, he to me is is nearly the best story of the championship so mm-hmm. far because he has been completely reimagined as uh, as a wing forward like the 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 young fellow that would only ever try to score goals when he was in his early 20s is gone. Like he scored five points from play the last day against Waterford and he keep catches puck outs. He's so, like he might be, he's one of the best hurlers in the country in getting the ball up into his hands. His pickup is lightning fast and his distribution is fantastic. I think he set up, uh, he definitely set up one goal the last day, maybe two. So like he's going to, you know, Dimmer Burns tends to, the way Limerick, like Brennan was so correct at the start about Limericks, the importance they put on shape. The whole point of their shape is to free up the like of Dermot Burns for him to play the ball in to their full forward line. Different story if he has to spend his afternoon defending, Mm. like actually defending against a a real weapon on the on the other team. Yeah, it's a very fair point. And Brendan, on on the pocket, because I I find this fascinating and i know a team can get you know you can get caught up in in trying to block off every short puck out etc but with limerick and with dermot burns and just the length and the accuracy he has it, it kind of seems like a no-brainer that you have to go all in on stopping that because like limerick like a lot of gaelic football teams now they're very happy to take possession like in their own half and work it up the field and surely even with the monsters they have in their half forward line the smarter play is to make it a 50 50 shot you know with a with a longer puck out from nicky quaid yeah well you you, you see the problem there is it's not really i know i'm simplifying it if hagerty, <laughs> if hagerty is under it's 60 40 and if he wins it in turns he's in and he's beating the offside trap so for me i'd be inclined to let limerick go short I'd have my eight dropping in, um, or my one of my midfielders dropping in centre back to free up my my centre back to sit inside my own forty five or the edge of the D. And when Burns looks up to drop the bomb, he sees an extra body in there, and you make him play through the middle third. But you're always relying on your ten, eleven, and twelve uh, doing the work of two men somewhere in there to make up for that. And that's the conundrum always in a game of hurling. It's the it's I was calling now a game of work. If 10, 11, and 12 can work harder than the opposition 10, 11, and 12, it allows you the luxury of your six sitting. And so far in the championship, Conlon has been able to sit. He's even been able to go up the field against Tipperary today and push up because he knows everything around him. is. And it looks like a plus one is a new modern word I hear now for sweeper. Like, how posh are we after getting now? But what you call it? Um, <laughs> it allows him to push forward and advance. Right, and when that happens, that means then your half forward line are completely dominant, is what that tells me. When your centre back can march up the pitch like a game of chess, and he can cause damage, then your half forward line is totally on top. And that's what we back to original point. That's what Shane O'Donnell has given you. That's what Tony Kelly has given when he's out around there. That's what David Fitzgerald has done in the middle of the field as well. Now, he is a big bull of a man. He's another Willow Donahoe. He's an enforcer, like, and he has made some difference to this clear team. Like I saw him below when they were winning handy against Watford, he was the one. 
who was driving forward, winning ball, breaking tackles and hand passing then to the half forward line to do their thing. So all in all, Clare have, have picked up a style of play that's been really, really good. And I think Conlon is cute enough to sit if he can when Limerick goes short. It'd be interesting to see if Limerick um, how Limerick work around that. Okay, let's let's call it let's because we have to get on to the Leinster final. I, I get the sense. Well, Rory, you you you're you're going for a Limerick win. I think you've kind of... uh, uh, yeah, I think Limerick to make history. They're going for four in a row, first time since nineteen thirty six. I think they'll do it. But they met in the league eighteen points apiece. They met in the round robin one twenty one to twenty four. I wouldn't be surprised. You if got your penalty shootout graphics I ready? Have you? Be surprised <laughs> if we we could be in for a long afternoon. Uh, Maliki. I my after all our talk, I have had a small nagging worry all the way through this hurling championship that we're going to find it eventually wash out as a load of mediocre to midland teams beating each other, and Limerick are actually turned out to be a fair bit ahead in the end up. And I wonder, is this the weekend that we start to find that out? Um, I, I, I think we can get a little, and I'm as guilty as this as anybody, uh, a little sort of carried away by the buzz of a sold out monster final and Claire are coming and isn't it great and all that sort of stuff. And I wonder, are, are, are we still possibly underrating Limerick to a certain extent? And, after and, all this time. After all, which, <laughs> like, I, I, I remember it took, did this with Jim Gavin's Dublin for a while convinced ourselves for ages and ages that you know they were well the, the pack is catching them and all this sort of stuff um so I I wouldn't be astonished if Limerick just kind of stretched clear and as Rory sort of pointed out the end of the team is dead in their feet and yeah. they win by eight or nine points uh, I, I'm also I'm 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 not I'm not backing against Limerick so are you going to make it four from four Brendan or do you give Claire a shot here yeah, I just try to put myself in the position. If I'm a Limerick player, like what's motivating you? And I think I wrote Hegarty the last day getting sent off. I think the Ferrari around the fact that they so-called play on the edge and that everybody, I remember with Kilkenny when they were winning as much as they were winning, everyone said that they had the dark arts as to what we used to call it back then. It's playing on the edge these days. Um, and I just think they're going to be angry. And I think they're going to be fairly <laughs> pissed off about the way the world is talking about them. And they're going to come out and take it out on Clare. So because of the motivation... I don't think the skill or setup or ability is ever going to be a question with Limerick, but what's going to fire them up really is what I'd be looking at. And I think if I'm John Kiley inside before it goes, let's show the world that we're still able to do this, like off you go. And I think they take the door off the hinges and that'll be enough then, I think, to get them all in line. That is a terrifying thought. Uh, <laughs> let, let's go back in time to Saturday evening in Croke Park, 7pm, the um, the Leinster hurling final. Um, Maliki, the you, you uh you'd have to say since they they crossed the Shannon and came into Leinster, uh Galway have uh they have their own bogey team in Dublin, but they're certainly Kilkenny's bogey team, and they've won four of their last five meetings. The twenty twenty final, I think, is the last time is the only one that stands out there as a Kilkenny win. So forget about Henry Shefflin, although we can't because like it's in our nature, it's it's great copy, etc. But even before Henry Shefflin came into Galway. Galway are have been a problem for Brian Cody. Yeah, 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 and 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 have loved it. Like um, they've loved being in the Leinster Championship. I think 
almost primarily because they get to have a go at Kilkenny. Um, I think it, it has always not for the medals anyway. Of, Joe Canning says no, no, but it's it, <laughs> but I, I it, indeed and but he said but they love having a go at Kilkenny and and like have loved it all along and have never really taken a backward step against them. Um, you mentioned Joe Canning. He he's writing about this in tomorrow's Irish Times, so you may, I may as well plug it while, uh, while we're here. <laughs> um, but it's um, it's a really good rivalry because they they sort of both go at it. They both like they both like to mix it. You know, I, I'm not one to denigrate sweepers or anything like that, but they don't play with sweepers generally. They 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 tend to to face up against each other and like the games are are generally generally have a bit of go about them um i i think galway i kind of make them favorites most time they go out against kilkenny these days even though kilkenny are going for three leinster titles in a row so what the hell does that mean but like i don't i i never it it's definitely not like it was when galway came into leinster first in 2009 like they are they, I, I, I have them as favourites near enough every time they go out against Kilkenny. Yeah, I, I, it's hard, to, it's hard to say anything against that, Brendan. Particularly when you consider, like Kilkenny are going into a Leinster final in the bizarre situation of having lost two games. Um, the last one, which will have stung pretty badly, because um, it was uh, against Wexford and it was in Nolan Park, and it's almost a cliche. But cliches are cliches for a reason because there's often a bang of truth at them. Brian Goody clearly doesn't know. In terms of personnel and possibly in terms of style of play, how exactly he he wants to set up his team? Yeah, it's a, it's a big contrast. I think if Galway had gone through the same period of form as Kilkenny are, I think they get hammered in the Leinster final because Galway are a team that need momentum, they need confidence, they need a bit of fizz about them. Normally, if they win the, the win Leinster, then you're going, God, they could actually win All Ireland here. They believe they could they can do anything. Whereas Kilkenny, I suppose in Salt Hill today they were. Quite, they were good. They had felt a little bit hard done by in the finish, obviously, the way it ended up. Then they went out and they hammered Dublin. And everyone went, oh my God, Kilkenny could be the ones. And then they go out against Wexford. They do something that they hadn't done. Like Paddy Deegan had a pain in his arm from hitting the ball 90 yards that day, which is something Kilkenny hadn't been doing up until that point in time. So the question is, like, did they? was it just that the pressure got to them or was it just one of those nights? But Kilkenny will see an opportunity here of a one-soft game against Galway to put a hole in Galway and win Leinster and have one less game to get to an All-Ireland final. And like, I I still think Galway will have too much for him, but you can't really apply anything to do with form, I think, to Kilkenny because in one-off games like this, we've seen it over the years, they played Cork a number of years ago and everyone said, Cork got off the flyer to start the all oh, this game to Kilkenny, Detmel, Brian Cody has to go now. And after 20 minutes, the King started to turn and by the time it was finished, they grinded it out into the ground. Take their under-20 team, went up against Limerick, even at their underage level. Limerick was supposed to be better than them. They ground them into the ground and they beat them. So it's just in their DNA that they will not let go of the rope in the tug-of-war terms. And that's something Galway are going to have to come over because Galway will probably be five or six points better than them and maybe only win by one or two in a dogfight. And can Galway do that is the big question for me. I think with Henry's motivation and the bit of inspiration he's given them so far, I think they will have enough, but they'll feckin' fair earn it. Yeah, Rory, that's a fair point. You, you know my long-held policy of pretty much never backing against Kilkenny. The, the, yeah, maybe when they're playing against Limerick, I have to break my rule, but I just I tend not to bet against Kilkenny. Uh, and even in this instance, like Brendan says, there's just this 
it's just the it's the Cody kind of doggedness that's instilled in the team and in like the hurling culture, however you want to put it. Like like Galway were the better team below in Salt Hill as well. Like they they outscored them twenty five scores to twenty or whatever it was. But just they needed a late free to win it, and like, and you know, like you wouldn't have been shocked if that had gotten the other way. The referee didn't blow the whistle. That wasn't given as a free. Kilkenny take possession and they score with the last puck of the ball, and we'd all be like, "Yeah, Kilkenny just beat." You know, Galway were better, but Kilkenny beat them. It's it's always there. Look at last year's All Ireland semi final against Cork. I think Cork had to beat him about three times before they finally, <laughs> before the stake was finally driven driven in. Like that's just the way they are there. They and 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 Brendan uh, Brendan's points all well made in that, like you nearly need to be ten points better to win by one or two. Like they, even when you're well on top, you know, like you never see a Kilkenny team throw the towel, and you never see them put, you know, they'll keep going right to the end. I think just in terms of this weekend, it should be a good opportunity for Galway. I think there's just a lot more pace in the Galway team, a lot more physical strength in there, and they should they should have enough. But you can never be guaranteed. One worry and one concern from a Kilkenny perspective is there seems to be a lot of chopping and changing, both in terms of personnel and in terms of how they actually want to play the game. Sometimes they're looking to try and play this modern game. As Brendan said, they look to abandon that at certain points as well and just decided to go along. So I think they are a little betwixt and between in terms of, you know, how they want to set up, who they want to actually play who, who you know what kind of personnel he wants to employ and i think look from that point of view they will we should get a better glimpse of where they stand i think if they're beaten again on saturday night like to lose three times and they're still being the championship uh, you know like that you wouldn't write them off that would say it all. that says all you need to know about them you know like that you just they're like real madrid you just can't kill them off like um, and, and oddly enough rory it it mightn't, this is going to sound very counterintuitive, but it mightn't be the worst game for them to lose because, mm. because exactly as you say, they seem to be working themselves out through the season. Like, they seem to be, to, to like, could could any of us say where where TJ and Porrick Walsh and Don Cody will line up uh, uh, on Saturday night? What, what Even Adrian Mullen, Adrian Mullen, Adrian Mullen at midfield. I, t- I find that an odd one as well, Brendan. Do you, do you? I mean, is that working from your point of view, do you think? No, I don't think it is, but I think what they're looking at is they're looking at the middle third. They're not necessarily looking at positions. They're looking at okay. what big bodies can we put into the middle mm-hmm. third. See, in the normal world, you'd look at number who's to play in number 5 to 12, and you'd line them out like you would on a Sabutio board. But in the modern game, I think managers are looking now at going, what big units can I get around the middle toward to break attack? Mm. And that's why Mullen ends up out there. Now, unusually, he doesn't rotate. I think what they should do is rotate 10, 11, 12, 8, and 9. But they're all the time trying to get Reed to sit. And I'm not sure if that's working for him. Because in order to play with a guy sitting there, you, you kind of, everyone needs to really know what's going on around the middle third. If 11 is coming back to mark nine, nine's man goes back to mark 11 when you don't have the ball. Even saying this out loud sounds complex, but inside in the dressing room, these are the little intricacies, I suppose, that you need to work out. And I think that's where the breakdown has been, especially in the Wexford game when they started flooding forward. They didn't really know who was marking who or where I'm supposed to be. I think they'll have ironed that out now for Galway. Um, on, the, on the weekend, so we won't see as much, I suppose, of a haze across Kilkenny. But I think that's why Mullins around the middle, just to give him that bulk. 
Yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot more clarity about the Galway game plan, really, Maliki, isn't there? Yeah, well, they're just so much more settled. Like they, you know, they have they have the players where where they want to. They they have more or less the team playing now. The the they played more or less the, a very settled team all the way through the the round robin. Um, a bit of carelessness was the only thing that 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 was the only glitch in the system in their in their round robin. Like Connor Cooney hits that free into the stand instead of picking a picking his nose or whatever. Uh, and they they they, 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 they beat, beat Wexford. Home. They beat Wexford and all that sort of stuff. Um, they're I think they're a very they're a very Shefflin team. Like they they work. There's a serious workload or a serious work rate in them. Um, and they've uncovered, well, not uncovered, but like they have it very pleasingly for them. They've had a couple of guys sort of come to the surface at the right time and at the right age. Like Tom Monaghan has Tom been Monaghan, their sort Cheney, of, yeah. the real kind of bolter this year. But like Tom Monaghan's been around sort of, I, th- I think he came on in, was it 2018 or 2017 in All-Ireland semi-final? You know, he's been around, but like... Yeah, a vacancy occurred in the forward line. The guys went off to the right for the Irish <laughs> Times instead of play for Galway. Well, there you go, yeah. But like, they, there you go. And, like, and so they have they they have a good um, settled side and they have players uh, coming through. And, and I just don't know... Again, like, like Wexford... I don't think this is necessary. I, I think they need to win it to stop uh, Kilkenny winning uh, three in a row. But I think like like Kilkenny, I don't think a defeat is an absolute disaster mm. this weekend for whoever loses the Leinster final. Purely because like if you're going to beat Limerick eventually, and that's what that's what you're you're, you're going to need to do. Um, I think both these teams still need to find themselves a wee bit more. I don't. I I think Limerick are the only team in the competition that know who they are. Um, I think Galway are further along than than most teams. But I think like an old quarterfinal against Cork wouldn't necessarily wouldn't be a bad thing for them. It give give them a bit more another game along the way, a bit more confidence in themselves, getting ready for the for the semi final. Mm. You're testing the hypothesis there of how much Galway players um uh how much they value a, a Leinster medal, all right. But um <laughs> I, I think it goes like the Munster Championship is, is there and there's no doubt that winning a Munster title for either of those teams is, is, is a huge deal. And maybe it, this is maybe a philosophical argument for another day. Maybe Galway being in the Leinster Championship does kind of lessen the you know import of it. I don't know. Um just uh, one final kind of the we we want to see Conor Whelan back on the pitch. I think from from the from the start, Brendan. And if he is back and he plays full forward, him, himself and Hugh Lawler would be it'd be quite the quite the tussle if they if they end up matching up against each other. They will, and and that's my hope that he'll actually stay in there, because we talk about the the workhorse and the half forward line and all that. Galway need a, a focal point in the attack. I think Owen Cody gives it to Kenny. I think Carcannon doesn't really do it for Galway. But Whelan does. So if he starts his runs all the time inside the penalty area, I think he causes huge problems for Galway or for Kilkenny because the Kilkenny centre-back will be looking over his shoulder at 60 yards of grass all around Conor Whelan and he'll be sitting back, which will allow more room for others to play in the middle third. But if he comes out the field, I think that's where... But that's why I think Henry's skill and management and know-how of, of Crow Park, that you need killers inside and you'll need goals... I mean, back to Rory's point there, in 2010, 
Um, we would have known going in, having played Kilkenny, we're going to do all the hurling here, and they're still going to be in a point to us. And the semi final, and the All Ireland final, I think we went in a point up. And if you looked, I hadn't seen the score, you said, geez, tip or five clear here. But you're not like, but you need goals. And that's what Galway will need. A goal is nearly worth six against Kilkenny of all the teams that are out there. So in order to get goals, you need to try near to the goals. And I think that's why if Whelan can stay inside, if Monaghan can pick off long-range points like he's been doing, that draws the half-back line out the pitch. And then when it's on, the ball needs to be floated into Whelan. And I think he would have enough for Hugh Lawler. Just a once will do, and it'll be a goal. You know, So that tussle, if he stays close to goal, is going to be key for Galway, I think, to, to jump the fence. Yeah, ask you to call it now in a second. I just uh, <clears throat> just wanted to get your opinion, Rory. Uh, Nicky Brennan in the Indo yesterday called for a handshake before the match starts between Brian Cody and Henry Shefflin. Just mm-hmm. bury the hatchet, preferably not in each other's backs, and let bygones be bygones. No, no, that won't be happening. <laughs> uh, look, I think you know, like they're probably a bit more made out of it. I don't think from certainly from the Sunday game in RTE's perspective, I don't think we made that big a deal out of it at all. It was actually. Most the other media organisations that seem to be more fascinated than us, to Very be fair. Defensive there, Rory. No, no, nobody said anything about the Sunday game. Now, uh, oh, listen. Oh, getting your listen, retaliation there's, in there's, first there. There's, there's, there's people saying <laughs> plenty of stuff about the Sunday game. <laughs> Trust me, I know. And I listen to it all. Don't worry. Uh, some of it isn't unreasonable. But some, but, some of, but some of it is absolute harsh shit as well. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> well, but he's not bothered by it. Yeah, he's not yeah, bothered yeah, by it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But... Uh, <laughs> I just look, I think, I think from their own, from both their points, both their points of view, I think this, this might be the last time they actually meet in the championship. They should just shake hands at the end of the match and just get on with it. You know, I don't, like, yes. we might make a big deal and we'll have the cameras ready yeah. <laughs> in case, in case something happens. But I don't know. Is it, is it a mountain out of a molehill? I don't know what the lads think. I'm saying Brendan. To be fair, I, I just felt at the time that it was, as you look at you, you'd be early like to see the two of them and all they've done. I just picture if it was me and Liam Sheedy on the line, for example. Do you know what I mean? Like, or if it was Declan Fanning and Liam Sheedy, or Owen Kelly and Liam Sheedy, that kind of thing. I, I just think when it's over, it's over. You shake hands and you move on, and then That's inside it. in your head, you're going, "I'll get you the next day." Yeah. Not outwardly, like in fairness, you know. So sport is sport, like, and and life is obviously an awful lot more serious based on what uh, I suppose Henry had gone through. So look, I think the weekend. They'll go at it hammer and tongs. The players on the pitch will will want to win a Leinster final, not so much to get one over Henry or Cody, but just to win it for their own team to progress in the championship. And I just think the thing is over now. We all move on. Yeah. Paper never refuses ink, though, Malachi. Yeah. Mm. Well, Sunday game never refuses ink. I, I, I don't think. Oh, now here we go. <laughs> they only use crayons on the Sunday game. I don't know what you're on about, Malachi. Um, right. A quick word on the Joe McDonough Cup final. Um, Brendan. It's um, the, the, the I think with the Bucky's Antrim are, are are pretty clear favourites, you know. But Kerry did beat them last day out of the weekend Antrim team, but there's no harm having a win over a, a team you're playing next in a final, really, is there? No, there's not. No, and in fairness to, to Antrim in the down the home straight of that game, they brought on the the full force of it, and and Kerry still held out and uh, listened to the radios to find out what the other score then was. And yeah, you know, in fairness. Kerry have done really, really well. I mean, they've been the last two finals. Um, and obviously, to get back on the horse again under Stephen Malumphy and get there. And it has been without his trials and tribulations, I suppose, with Shane Nolan earlier on in the year. And they've weathered all those storms. So, 
Maybe, just maybe. You know, Mikey Boyle did really well at centre-back the last day. Podge Boyle has hit an awful lot of form. I know um, Jordan Conway is back in the group. He had serious hamstring issues, mm. but he seems to be back repaired as well now. But you just think with the experience Antrim have had over the last couple of years, playing at the next level up, that they had a taste for it. They got knocked down and they'll be angry enough to say, look, we want to get back up to that top table. And fairs to McManus, McCann, Malloy, McNaughton, all these names are ones that have played in the in the league. McCarthy would say, but you, I think Antrim. If my 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 head says Antrim, my heart would say Kerry. Although my heart would be in my mouth, obviously, if Kerry do win, because the repercussions of that result as well. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, I just think Antrim would potentially have that little bit too much. Even though Kerry will once again give an unbelievable go, and maybe this time in Crow Park they'll have that little bit of luck that they didn't have in the last couple of years. Um, and it might get him across the line, but it'd be fantastic to, to see Kerry win this one, though. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. It, it, like we, we, Damien Lawler went on to the press conference yesterday, Malachi, and he tried his best to get uh, Kerry Ladeline to discuss the, uh, you know, the kind of the, the playoff quirk. And obviously he wasn't going to touch it with a barge pole, but it's hard for us to get away from it. It's weird to go into a match where the two teams don't have the same reward at the end of it. That is odd. It, it is, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it is like it's not. It, it wasn't suddenly sprung on. Them. No, they, they they know what it is from the start. Um, and it it adds a. I suppose it adds a bit of a frisson to it. But there's still a bit of a twilight there in that. Like Antrim are still probably going to win. Like mm-hmm. they're still probably a good five or six points better than Kerry. Like the, I th- God, I think the job that Gleason has done up there has been, like. It's been really kind of extraordinary how he has, I don't know, professionalized them is the wrong way of putting it. But like there, it was a kind of an anomaly that they fell back down to the Joe McDonough last year. Of course, it, it, you know, it, they were beaten fair and square and all of that. But I think they're uh, a team that can establish themselves in the Lee McCarthy. Not, you know, maybe not for not challenge for Leinster or anything like that. But I think they belong in in that sort of cut above where the Joe McDonough is. I think between himself and Clinton Hennessy, I think they've done massive work up there. And mm. um yeah, like the 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 prospect of the playoff with, with Tipperary is kind of it only in the GA could something like that be dangling off in the distance. Uh like outside the realm of the match that is happening this weekend and yet still sort of looming over it yeah. uh, far off after both teams will have kind of finished their, their championship like, yeah. to, you know to, the tip lads could, could all have gone on holidays and be called back and go listen you have to play this bloody playoff like and yeah. so yes it's very it's 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 a very GA solution to a GA problem yeah sorry Eric Lean was named that Kerry Perry and I'll just leave yeah. it as, as, as Lean Rory yeah so Antrim as Malachi says are probably a kind of a cut above Joe McDonough and maybe you know I've obviously struggled to stick you know the kind of the Watford Fulham analogies in English football would be there um but are you seeing like the improvement that will like see like because this is the idea with the GA with the with the the tiers that teams play against their own level and get a taste of playing against teams who are better of them. And by that means they gradually develop and improve. Are we seeing that with Antrim? I think we are. I mean, I think there's some of the results they had in the league. Ken league is really 
major caveats attached to any league performances, particularly in hurling. But I do think there has been a significant improvement in them. And I think they'll win comfortably enough, actually, on Saturday. I don't give Kerry no chance, but I think they've, they, 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 Antrim have just, I mean, I, I don't even think how dependent are they even on Neil McManus? Would Neil McManus even start for them at this stage? I mean, they have so, if you did you, Connor Johnson, Kieran Clark, Sean Elliott, they have a lot of really good forwards now. Um, and I just think, look, in terms of their physical conditioning, I think that's the next step up. Look, the big difference between the top level teams and we'll say the next tier down is the speed with which everything is done at. Um, they can all do and execute all the, all the skills and all the basics. It's just the speed. Everything just moves up a notch and that's ultimately where Antrim I think that, and that's the next step for them to bridge and I think they can do that but look I think they'll be helped by obviously um, coming into see the lat coming into a Liam McCarthy Cup where there's another team in it at a similar level I think the last time they were in the competition there was only five teams in um, there was only five teams in, in Leinster so like they'll have an opportunity to to actually maintain their Liam McCarthy Cup status, knowing that the, the one big fixture every year that they're going to need to win is obviously going to be against Westmead. No, they have failed on that front a couple of times where they had to maybe take out Leash or whoever it might have been. So that's going to be the big test. But there's, there's a lot of good work, I think. Look, they'll win. I think they will win on Saturday and there'll be a nice big welcome mat for Cork then the following week. Yeah, right, yeah. Um, okay, we'll leave it at that. We'll we'll welcome in former Kerry hurler Eamon Fitzmaurice now to talk about football. Brendan, we'll let you go. Thanks very much. Well, all right. See you guys. Welcome back. We'll be joined by Eamon Fitzmaurice to talk about this weekend's Gaelic football. How are you, Eamon? Hi, Mikey. How's the farm? Good now, good. Thank you. Uh, I made the point this week, Eamon, that the 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 the, the football championship starts now, which might be a little bit unfair, uh, particularly to our northern brethren. Brethren, Malachy's scowling at me there, but um, <laughs> um, it does it does kind of there's there's kind of an air of an excitement about it now. It, it it's do or die. Um, everybody kind of has an idea of where they're at, and it's you well, know, it's shit or get off the pot, really, isn't it? It is, and uh, I suppose in particular for the four Division One teams that are going into action this weekend, um, you know, when when they set out in their journey at the start of this year, none of them would be planning on being finished by the, Ju the June Bank Holiday Monday. So uh, it is, it's a huge weekend for all of the teams involved, obviously, in both the Sam Maguire and the Talton Cup competitions, but... Um, you know, for Mayo, Monaghan, Tyrone, Armagh, it's a huge weekend. And I suppose for us looking at the game, we're kind of blind in many ways because we're not sure what they've done for the last couple of weeks or where they're at. I know that Armagh have, have injuries and that kind of thing. But other than that, there's very little information to go on. So it'll be it'll be it'll be an interesting weekend. And uh, the thing will really start to, to take shape afterwards, and particularly when we see the draw on Monday morning as well. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's kind of one of the things that adds to it is that, you know, the, the draw isn't laid out in front of us week to week. So you do get that nice surprise on a Monday morning. Maliki, starting with Armagh Tyrone, um, the, 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 uh, the amateur psychologist in me would say that uh, Tyrone are used to this. Tyrone are used to kind of bombing out of, of Ulster, perhaps when they're expected not to. And I know the qualifiers are different now but they're adept at this, whereas perhaps Armad, at the start of the year may have been thinking, 
you know, an Ulster title. That's that that that's progress for us. That that should be our aim. And I wonder whether it'll be a job of work for Kieran McGinney to kind of rouse them for the qualifiers, even if it is the old enemy. I'm smiling here, uh, seeing as Armagh's abominable Ulster Championship record would remind you that they're fairly used to this. <laughs> this no, but I mean, this year, I don't know to me, maybe it was only us who thought that Ulster was an achievable aim for them. Maybe they well, were I thinking, do, uh, yes, we're ready do, for the qualifiers. <laughs> I do remember when we all when we previewed uh, the championship, I think we all went for Armagh to win Ulster. Not quite. So. One man went for Derry. <laughs> they... Um, I don't think they. I I don't think that's a factor. To be honest, um, I think as I say, Arma have loads of experience um, trying to get through the back door, and they have a reasonably decent record. Obviously, not as good as Tyrone, but they haven't been as good as Tyrone. Um, I think, I think it's a sort of a one-off game. I I sort of fear fear a little bit after last Sunday. Uh, I, I fear the prospect of another another Ulster grind fest. Do you think so, think, Maliki? Yeah, I don't, you don't think, think it'd be quite quite what um, quite what last Sunday was. Mm. But the stakes are very high for both teams. Mm. Uh, I think it will open out eventually. I think both teams like both teams have more football in them than than Derry. Uh, both teams have been trying. Like Armagh were notable. Four, four to five years ago, even to be the first Ulster team really to try and break out of that very regimented mass defense kind of way of playing. Uh, so they've been trying it for a while. I just think that the stakes are going to be very um, from the start on Sunday. So I think it would be, it will be very tight for a while. I think it will open up and uh, it will. It should flourish into a, a very good game. Like they're two seriously good teams, um, with serious footballers. Um, home advantage should count a bit. Um, I don't think, I don't think it's nothing for Tyrone to have to go into Armagh, uh, into a into a like it will be a bit of a cauldron. Back to the scene be, of the crime. That kind, yeah, that kind of stuff. Although I don't know that that even that game has 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 all that much relevance. No. But the fact of, like, this game isn't in Clonus, it isn't in Enniskillen, it, it, they are going into, into the Lions then uh, a little bit. I think that gives Armagh a bit of, a, a bit of an advantage. Uh, and anything, uh, certainly enough to outweigh anything that, that, that you're suggesting there, Mikey, that Tyrone have the greater sort of experience of coming through the back door or anything like yeah. that. Yeah, well, the back door is a very different... they all wash each other out. Yeah, it's a very different thing now as well. It's it's a, There's no banana skins, shall we say, in the back door. So oh, there's it, no it, settling. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Like, there's no gathering yourself. Uh, there's no blowing out the dirty petrol against uh, a Leitrim or a, or a Longford or a London or something like that. No. You know, if you're not on it 20 minutes into the game on Sunday, you'll know all about it and you have you have to find yourself there. Mm. Michael McKernan did an interesting interview, Rory, there with uh, with Marty Morrissey. Um, it was story up on the site at the moment where he, he kind of admits, we you know, we weren't good against Fermanagh and we, we weren't good against Derry. And we've gone back to basics where we've gone back, we've been honing our basic skills and we've been working on our discipline, which is an interesting thing for a member of the All-Ireland Champions team to say, you know. 
Well, I think discipline probably was an issue. I mean, but the basic skills thing almost more yeah, interesting, well, well, isn't well, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, they look, they've they've plenty of good footballers. I wouldn't worry about that. And they've added a few more, if I'm not mistaken. They've had like I think the the time off has been very good for Tyrone in that they've won a brilliant under twenty All Ireland. Um, with playing some really good football with some very good young players coming through again. Um, another Canavan by as nerve, there's and 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 another one that's you know looking like a right prospect again. And I think have they been added to the Tyrone senior panel, Eamon? Is if I'm not mistaken, their record in the back door is extraordinary. I think I was looking there last night, they've played 36 qualifier games, Tyrone. No, and they've only been beaten four times. Now, obviously, that goes to your point and Maliki's point in that a lot of those qualifiers were in an era when you had an opportunity to get a tune-up match before you really went into the serious stuff. They're not going to have that opportunity on Sunday. I think it's a. I think Armagh, funnily enough, from me, from from my money, Armagh are actually under more pressure. I think you like if Armagh lose this game, they're nearly. Like I think there's going to be a huge upheaval in loads of jobs actually in Ulster at the end of this championship, and I think there's an awful lot on the line for Kieran McGinley. I think like if he goes through this championship effectively with two games and loses both of them again, you know I would imagine the cat calls within Armagh will start to grow quite loud. So he's under a lot. Time people have said that though, Rory. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I, I, I don't but know I, that there's an awful lot of external pressure on him up there. Wouldn't you think so? I, I don't, don't know. I don't, I don't know, know that there is now because okay. you know you're talking about you're talking about Kieran McGinney. Like if it was somebody mm. else, yeah, fair enough. But like, is yeah. he the longest serving manager in the country? Colin Collins is, isn't he? Is he? But they're they're more or less the same. I, I think, think they're about the same. Like yeah, eight, so yeah. years. I don't. Yeah, yeah. Th- I I I don't know. Like I, yeah, yeah, fair enough. Like like you know they get beat out the gate at home against their own. You know, maybe pressure comes on, but I, I've, I haven't heard, like, Armagh fail every year in the Ulster Championship. Um, Can they continue to keep doing that though? I don't know. I don't know. But what I'm saying is that it that it happens every year. Every Ulster, every Ulster team has been to an Ulster final, apart from Armagh since the last time they were in one. Like they, they, they keep keep failing up there, and I don't know that the I. There never appears to be any great sort of move to get McGinney out or anything mm. like that because he is such a totemic figure in the county and yeah. and look what eight weeks ago they were they were the most exciting team in the country in the That's league yeah. they were yeah. you know they, they, uh, they beat the Dubs in Croke Park they were playing fantastic football I I, I don't know they t- going out of the championship. Uh, to the All Ireland champions, I'm not entirely sure that 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 that, that means he they, um, has to be a heaver. And Eamon, I wanted to ask you just kind of about the kind of the psychology of knockout football because uh, Tyrone had Tyrone beaten Derry, they would have been four game four wins from an All Ireland final. Tyrone lost to Derry, and there are still four game four wins from an All Ireland final. The only thing that's really changed is the route and the lack of any kind of uh, of a safety net. It. Is that something you need to factor in when you go from the provincial to the All Ireland series? Does it affect how a team plays? Do you think? I don't think so, Mikey. I just think it brings a bit of an edge the week of a game that you know there's no the safety net is gone and it the 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 realistic thing of your season being over the following week is there hanging over you. So you you know as a group that you need to perform. 
But uh, I think that's going to suit Tyrone. Um, you know, I remember, I think I mentioned it before, that here in McGeary the night he got the, the Player of the Year award when Joanne was interviewing him, that he mentioned, oh, we're hungry for more um, success, we're mad for more and everything else. And I remember kind of smiling to myself at the time and saying, you don't know that yet, Kieran. You think, yeah. you think that <laughs> absolutely you want more success, of course, but... You actually don't know that until the gun is to your head and you're under pressure in the big game and their hunger wasn't there against Derry. It wasn't. They were frustrated. They were a pale shadow of the team from last year. But that defeats the criticism that would have followed, the circling of the wagons, the momentum from the under-20s and the young lads coming in after winning in All-Ireland and giving life to training. That's all good from the Tyrone perspective. So... We'll find out now on Sunday, do they really have the hunger and the stomach to, 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 to go at it again? Because Armagh, you know, are, are going to get, be, be a tough nut to crack at home. And, and they have a great, great record in the, in the athletic rounds over the last couple of seasons. But I just worry from Armagh's perspective. I think Kieran Mackin has been a huge loss for them. I think he was brilliant during the league when they were going well. And uh, I think he got a serious enough eye injury. So I don't think he's in line to return. Um, so he he was very effective for them. And Rian O'Neill's farmed in as well, that he was carrying injuries. He had the whole thing of the suspension of being overturned and all that. For Armagh to win, they need Rian O'Neill playing well. And I would say playing well close to goals because early on in the league when they were flying, he was playing close to goals and they were direct and it was very effective. And then as the league was going on, he was drifting all over the field in a kind of almost Michael Murphy-esque um, role, whereas I, I, I think Rian O'Neill going well close to goals makes Armagh a very dangerous team. So we'll see, but it's going to be a brilliant game and it's going to be um, a real championship game, full athletic grounds, atmosphere, belting, physicality, a few scores, cards, no doubt. It will be good. Yeah. Call it their name and we have to uh, get on to the next one. Who do you think is going to win it? I hate this calling stuff, Mikey. My record is terrible. I'm I know. Um, you, you love when we have to go calling it because your record has been quite good. Uh, call it. Jeez, uh, I don't know. I think we're very blind to which what, what Tyrone are going to emerge. If if the Tyrone of last year are there, they'll be very difficult to beat. But I'll give Kieran Donahue another backing. I'll go with our Maliki. <laughs> Yeah, but sure. Anybody that, that that's calling this with confidence is is spoofing, really. Spoof. Like you, you know, you've got to if you want to put something on the line. I, I even though Derry have gone in one Ulster, so you absolutely can't crab Derry in the slightest. That game against Tyrone turned on a sort of a five minute period where Con Kilpatrick got sent off and they gave away a penalty. I'm not saying that. That uh, that it was a, a an unfair result or anything like that, but the game got away from Tyrone very very quickly that day, and had it settled and had they got to half time a point down or a point up or something like that, you wouldn't it wouldn't necessarily have been outrageous to see them turn it around. So I'm going to give them another another shout just on the basis that they have they have a body work and that was an odd kind of game, and so I think they may have. Right. themselves in the meantime. Uh, I, I think, the, I do actually think those under-20s and uh, the, that that win will uh, just 
give add a little bit more wind into the Tyrone sail to get him, um, and I think it'll have improved. It should have the, improved training anyway. The atmosphere around yeah, training yeah, and everything yeah, around yeah. training, and I think that'll just better maybe, to be. It's maybe, better for them, maybe, it's, but like with yeah, no confidence, you just well, wouldn't have a clue. That's yeah. the thing, Rory. It's better for them to be talking about the handful of young lads that they've got in than the seven yeah. lads who left. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I also think Toronto win for the record. Um, on, on to the other then Division One clash, Eamon, which is 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 no less fascinating. Um, the meeting of of Mayo and Monaghan. Very first uh, time. Man. Very first yeah. time in championship, which is which is bizarre when you consider they play each other pretty much every spring. They're almost you know well almost perennial. Division One teams, um, below in Castle Bar, um, Eamon, and for, I'll just write it off. Like Mayo, Mayo won quite well, two ten to one eleven in in the league in Clonus. But I think in football in Ireland at this stage, we've learned to take all league results with a pinch of salt this year. Yeah, the one the one line I would draw draw between the league game and now, um, Mikey, is that. There was a pattern that started in that game for Monaghan that has kind of continued since, and that's being very wasteful in front of goals. Yeah. I think that they did something like three points maybe from 13 or 14 chances in the second half against against Derry the last day out. They did 33 shots, they did 17 points. And for a team, you know, when they were in their pomp, they were, they were very um, consistent with their mm-hmm. shooting, very economical. You know, McManus was so brilliant as maybe off seven possessions, he gets six points or whatever. But um, that that pattern has continued for Monaghan and for them to win, they're definitely going to have to improve that. And uh, for Mayo, like Mayo, they do, the, their record in McHale Park isn't great. Mm-hmm. Um, they've had the issues with the injuries. But one thing with Mayo, I just love to see something different from them. Um, you know, we all appreciate how good they have been over the last 10 years and more, how competitive, how close they've been, but they haven't got the job done. They haven't got the job done doing more or less the same kind of style of game, the hard running game, the high octane stuff that when it's going well and the crowd are behind them, they're almost unbeatable, but they haven't won the all Ireland in that time. So I think early on in the league this year, they were trying to kick the ball more. I remember the night in Crow Park, the Mayo-Dublin game, they certainly kicked the ball into the final third more. And they were it was effective and it worked and it was good. But by the time the kind of championship came around again, they'd reverted to type and they'd reverted to their old style game. So again, they've had, a, they've had probably the longest break, I'd say, in terms of a team uh, waiting all the way back to the Galway game. They've had a lot of time to get themselves right. And Apparently their injury situation has gotten worse in that time, Eamon, from what I hear. Is that, is that right? Yeah, yeah. Like they've lost Ryan O'Donoghue now as well. And uh, Rob Henley, I don't think, is anywhere nearer fit. He's a huge part of their armory. So it's, and he yeah. was very good in that league game as well, Rory. Mm, he, made, yeah, he had yeah. a couple of one-on-one saves that day. So, yeah. So I, I, I don't know. Again, the fact we haven't seen them, but mm. I, I just would love to see something different from them, something tactically different, a different approach, um, because, you know, what they've done so far hasn't been good enough. Yeah, they were, Maliki, they were probably scared off a kicking game by Galway's two sweepers, which might have shocked them a little bit. Uh, Monaghan aren't going to be, aren't going to acquiesce any more to a kicking game than the Galway did. So uh, it would be a big surprise, as Eamon says, if, if Mayo do come with a different tactic for this Monaghan team. 
Yeah, I, it, it's interesting. It's hard to know what Monaghan will turn up either. Uh, Monaghan were very naive against Derry. Um, they really didn't. They didn't pack their defence in the old style uh, <laughs> that they that they might have done in in years gone by. And Derry would have let them do that. <laughs> but like they didn't. Like they played. They played a three man full forward line, which. Um, you know, you gotta go. You're a still long recovering from that idea. You gotta go a long way back to find a Monaghan <laughs> team that did that. Uh, so it will be interesting to see how they turn up uh, on the on the weekend. Um, I think, yeah, you're right about Mayo's or, or, or Rory's right about him, uh, Mayo's injury list to a certain extent. Although Paddy Durkin is back. Paddy Durkin is back. Yeah, yeah, which, which is, is a huge. big help. Yeah, yeah. And and I, it looks like Oshin Mullen will will make it. Uh, so that's big as well, you know. Those are the, that's the you know they're. Serious. But has Killian O'Connor had another setback apparently, or has? I didn't has hear been... that now. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, that would now if if Killian O'Connor has a setback and Ryan O'Donoghue's out, then that really tips the tips. And they're the already obviously from... missing Tommy Conroy from the beginning yeah. of the season. Like they've had very un very bad a, luck. Yeah, it's a fascinating game. Like Monaghan have I don't think Monaghan have any real injury worries. Uh the one bright spark from Monaghan in that uh, Derry game was a return to form for Niall Kearns in the middle of the pitch. Uh he was an all-star nominee in 2018, uh, but he missed a year or two, sort of a year. Uh, having him back and around, around the middle would be a big plus for them. Um, I, Eamon was 100% right. I was at that that league game in Clonus. Monaghan absolutely should have been 1-3 to a point up after 10 minutes. Like They just butchered so many chances that day, and it was part of a trend. It, it was funny. They, they really didn't find their shooting boots until more or less the last day against Dublin. And uh, it was enough to to keep them up. So I have. N- it's funny. I was on a Mayo News podcast last week, and they were having me on the Token Monaghan man, and me and the Mayo <laughs> lads tried to outdo each other for an hour about how bad our counties are and how woeful our prospects are going into this game. <laughs> to the point where we'll all be quite surprised if either team turns up actually. Even gets off the bus. On Saturday <laughs> night. Um, so um, it seemed, I, I, Mayo are our favourites uh, with the bookies. Um, if they are missing as many as the the sort of rumoured injury list says, I think Monaghan have a huge chance because they're very good. Look, they're best as, as underdogs. Uh, they have a full panel. They have no real injury worries. They've had a lot, a lot of time to digest the Derry uh, defeat. The, the problem, as always with Monaghan, is that and they, they never do very much outside Ulster. Like they're good at beating Division Three and Four teams outside Ulster. They have been down, down mm. through the years, but like their signature wins down the years were against like Kildare and Galway in the Super Eights, and like Galway were already through to the semi final that time. Like they just don't they don't tend to beat non Ulster Division One teams uh, in the Championship. So you're just they, reciting the stuff you said on the Mayo News website. Uh, no, Mayo no, News no, podcast, but, but now, aren't you? Like this is no, no. But honestly, like <laughs> you know, when 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 you sit back from it and you look at, you know, they they have a reputation as this Division One team, these great survivors in, in the league. But when it actually comes to Championship, like I think they're the only team in Division One. 
that have beaten Dublin, Kerry and Mayo home and away in the league in the last sort of decade. And yet they, they didn't keep it kicked out to Dublin when they met them in mm-hmm. All-Ireland quarterfinals. They had a chance to beat Kerry in 2018 in Clonus and couldn't do it. So that that's always my my uh, with my Monaghan fans hat on worry about them that when it comes down to it in championship, Mayo have a, are a team with a body work and, and Monaghan really aren't, you know. Okay. So you're going for a Mayo win then, I think. Man. I kinda yeah. think so, like until yeah. until proven otherwise, I well, kinda think so. I, yeah. I would be from the school of thought that believe uh, half of what you see and none of what you hear when it comes to injury news. So I'm also gonna go for a Mayo win. How about you, Rory? Yeah, I think Mayo I just looked uh probably more at stake if they get a goal maybe Eamon mentioned you know um, for both teams you know a little bit wasteful in front of goal Uh, and then with Mayo you would like to see them mix it up change it up but if they have you know if they if they have if any half decent forward line gets picked tog out I think Mayo um, just there's more on the line for them given their season they've obviously had a little bit more time to prep it as well and home advantage surely worth something given the fact. And have conceded five goals in two games as well. Like. And haven't scored a goal, is that no, correct? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so uh, yeah, Mayo, Mayo, Mayo to progress. Okay, this is the last game I'm going to ask you to tip, Eamon, I promise. The rest of them we'll just discuss. We won't go I'm for going tips. To, I'm, going to, I'm going to believe the injury news and give the kiss of death to Monaghan. Oh God, you're doomed, man. You're doomed. Um, just a, a word on Corkfield Louds, Rory. What oh, are you revenge, hearing? Revenge, revenge for fifty-seven. Yeah. What, what, what are you hearing? <laughs> How are things below on Lee side? Um, yeah. Well, I mean, look, very good win last night with the minor footballers, which will be a bit of a shot in the arm. You know, we've lost Flahev, which is a huge blow because you would imagine he would have been probably detailed to pick up Samuel Roy. And he's a pretty good man, Marker. I think from Cork's perspective, the fact the game is in Parky Cueve, bit odd. Why wouldn't they just go back to Parky Ring? It's kind of a, a, a more natural home for Because they can use it, goddammit. It's yeah, there now. Yeah, they, know, they have I to know. use it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's going to be an awful crowd, terrible crowd at the game. Uh, but it's a graveyard slot on a Saturday afternoon. That's not surprising either. Um, but look, it's a good opportunity for them to get a win in the championship, which, to be honest, from Cork football's perspective, would be welcome regardless of who it, who it's against. And I think, look, in fairness to them, for and I know people might say like it's clutching at straws, but for 50 minutes they were competitive against what I still regard as the best team in the country. And I think if they can bring that, obviously they're not going to be facing the same kind of quality. I think if they can bring that for you know a, a more sustained period of time and see it right through to maybe 65 70 minutes i think they'll have enough to get the job done at home i don't know aiming a good chance for cork to win a championship game they're playing a mickey hart managed team in the qualifiers yeah and they've i suppose uh they're they played a league game below there i don't know was it last year or the year before in Parky Eve? Yeah, yeah. and it was a right a right shootout and it was uh you know in the end cork cork came good in the end but look you'd expect cork to build on what they did against Kerry. Um, you know, that they did put in the 50 minutes, worked very hard. Uh, imagine the likes of Ian Maguire and Poulter had a chance to recover a bit further from those injuries and they'll be further down the road. And once they're fit, you give them a great shout. But at the same time, you'd expect Loud to react to their performance against Kildare as well, because yeah. that was probably their most disappointing performance of the year so far, because up to that point, they played well. 
uh, in nearly all of their games. So yeah, it should be it should be a good game. And uh, the Parky Cueve angle is interesting. You to think after all the fighting and the stance that was taken and the fact that they won the game and you know the small crowd in Parky Rin would still lend to some bit of an atmosphere. Yeah. Whereas in Parky Cueve, they're going to be invisible. But uh, it's lovely pitch to be playing on for the players, so that's good. Yeah, well, that might be the reason. Uh, Malky, Claire v. Meath, very close game in the league, which we'll just discount straight away. Interestingly, I suppose, for either of these teams, a win, they're one game away from an All-Iron quarterfinal, which for either team would have to be recognised as a successful season, uh, even if Meath have been castigated all season long. They're two wins away from an All-Ireland quarterfinal. Yeah. Don't see them winning two of them. I'm, I'm not sure I even <laughs> see them winning one of them, to be honest with you. I, I, the, there is an interesting uh, angle between these two teams. Like, anytime we talk about Clare, uh, you know, we all fall back on the very, oh, Colin Collins doing a great job. And isn't it, isn't, aren't they, you know, for isn't it great to see them, you know, hanging with the big guys and all that sort of stuff? They actually have a really terrible record against me. A really terrible recent record. They've lost five games in a row against them, and you're just kind of going like, "These are no great shakes, and have been no great shakes through those five years." And I kind of think I kind of see them a trend in this week going right. This is our this is our time, lads. We we can't get. We no one beats Claire six times in a row. <laughs> nobody, nobody who isn't Kerry beats Claire six times in a row, you know? And um, so I, that to me is the angle here. And um, and me, they're just not, they're just, they just haven't done it and haven't kicked on um, the, the relegation from Division One that they had a couple of years ago just seemed to knock them sideways altogether. And um, I don't see... I, th- I think Claire can do this, and and I think it's probably about time that they do it. And um, I would uh, see them as being uh, more two games away from an All Ireland quarter final than me. Yes, I, I think so too. But you know, factually, so are me. But I agree with you that it seems a longer mm-hmm. shot. Uh, we're at the Thousand Cup quarter final stage. Uh, those of you who listen to Monday's podcast will know that Pat Spillane is very enthusiastic about the Thousand Cup now. <laughs> um, Actually, Pat Blam was very enthusiastic about everything on Monday. He'd definitely taken his vitamins. But um, the Chelsea Cup and someone said, Jesus, the, the mood on this thing swings, like it, it vacillates yeah. wildly. Last week was a good week for the Chelsea Cup because a Division 4 team, Carlo, beat a Division 4 team, Tipperary. Well, they're now Division 3. Um, Eamon, I was a bit, I kind of shrugged my shoulders because I want a bit of, no- like, I want novelty, I suppose, from a new competition. And from Anna Cavan, Leitrim Sligo and Carlo Westmeath, don't jump out as, wow, we're, you know, this North-South thing has really scuppered it, but I'm not wanting to complain about it now. I do kind of want to see, like, for which of those counties, like, I guess they've all reached the quarterfinals now. They all have to be targeting it. Um, Perhaps for New York, it's, you know, a bit much to expect to win it. But for everybody else now, I guess, you know, you're, you're, you're three games from a trophy and that has to mean quite a lot for any county, not just the counties who are, you know, in the Charlton Cup. Oh, big time. And I think that's so far, and particularly for the teams that are left, Mikey, that's been the approach and that they are enthusiastic about it and they're ambitious to win it. So the New York Offaly game is a novelty one for you, Mikey, there. So that was good, yeah. especially for you. That uh, was for me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, like, look, I think looking at it, you, I, I think anyway that Westmeath, um, Cavan, Offaly, you, you know, you'd be expecting 
those three teams advance to the semi-finals and possibly then as well that you'd have um, whatever two of those three making it into the final then as well and that you'd end up with a good final. I think, not that it's Cavins to lose, but they're probably a step further down the road than a lot of the other teams. And, uh, you know, they, they've left their league form well behind them and they've been decent in the championship. So um, now having seen Donegal last weekend, then you, you know, you're always <laughs> looking at those farm lines. But uh, I, I think the, the, the Offaly New York game is obviously going to be a very interesting game on Saturday. But I'd be surprised if Offaly West meet and Kevin aren't in the, in the draw on, on Monday morning. Yeah, I think so. Um, the, I, I want to make a joke about New York lads playing on grass and how they react to that, but I, that's not fair. Um, uh, they, it's unusual for a champ- Let's be honest, they played every championship game back until Wayne Malachy, you are a New York correspondent, you know all these things. When was the last time they played on Irish sod? I'm not entirely sure they ever have in no. championship anyway. Um, no, probably not. I couldn't, I couldn't be, I wouldn't be held to that. It's funny, Mikey, I was at um, Offaly and uh, Wicklow last um, last Sunday. Wicklow were awful, I'm told. They were, well, yeah, but Offaly aren't bad, like, mm. you know, for that, for that level. Yeah. Wicklow were, were, were grand. Wicklow lost a couple of guys uh, through injury. Um like that was Wicklow's fourth game of the championship. Yeah, New York were New York were here in two thousand and one for uh, for Connacht game against Roscommon in the Hyde. So there we go. We'll go back, yeah, but go. like Wicklow, when's the last time like Wicklow haven't played four championship matches in a long, long time, if ever, yeah. you know? And um, they were talking afterwards. They were not obviously raging to have been beaten, and it was a kind of a non-performance. They only got two points from play all day. But um, like they they were glow, glowing is overdoing it about the Tottenham Cup, but they were absolutely delighted to have got this is our level, this is what we're at. Um, awfully are gunning for it. They're they're a decent decent team. Johnny Maloney was fantastic for them at centre back. Rory McNamee pretty good at centre forward. Niall McNamee is Niall McNamee. Um, they were a, they're a good side and. They only lost one player. One player stepped away from the panel after after their Leinster Championship defeat, and like they lost a game that they would have expected to win in the Leinster Championship. So, you know, if there was uh, there was scope there for anybody who was disgusted at the idea of the Talton Cup to to ship up and ship out or ship up and ship out. So they're like the, the teams that are left in it have been given it a go, like. Yeah. You look at the Cavan team that 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 turned up for his first game. That was more that's the Cavan team, you know. Yeah. And um Mickey went back at his idea of, of a development competition. He seems to Yeah, but like even even Offaly are using it a bit like Offaly have brought through a good few of the, the under twenties and you can see that you can see actually, you know, that they're still a bit off it physically, but that they have plenty of football in them and um yeah, I, I, I think I think Eamon's right, like Westmeath, Offaly cabin that'll be they'll be the Sligo. the ones fighting fighting for the end of it yeah, yeah um possibly um i have some leech friends who are rubbing their hands in glee that they got Sligo. i said are you not bored playing Sligo? no they're the only ones we left we could have bet so. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there's confidence yeah. in leech yeah. yeah. um, but this is a huge game because yeah. um you're uh, like the semi-finals are in crow park yeah, and, and on the telly, and on the telly, you know, it's so. all important. Speaking of the telly, there's lots on this weekend, everybody. There's uh, four games on RT: Joe McDonough Cup final, the Leicester Hurling final, uh, the 
Yeah, oh, Gary. We'll be, we've already discussed that, Eamon. No, no, don't, 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 don't be getting jumping out of your lane. Um. <laughs> did you ever? Did you ever talk out for the Kerry hurlers, Eamon? I did. Did I you? Did. Fair play. Yeah, I was. Uh, I was a sub in 1996. It was my first year out of minor. I was a sub for the one championship game that summer against uh, Pat Fox and Nicky English. Shaney uh, Max. Temporary uh, and. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember the Did you score, get a run? but it was it was comprehensive. No, I didn't get a run. I played county football championship then the following day, it was Saturday you, evening in Tralee. You, you could have turned the tide if they brought you in, Eamon. <laughs> no, no fear, Mikey. No fear. Yeah. Well, hopefully, you know, you win that, you get another another crack off Tipperary, having beaten them exactly. once already this year. Um, then Sunday we've got the Monster Hurlem final and the Armagh Tyrone game. Eamon's call come up there. Looking forward to it, I'd imagine. Yeah, can't wait, can't wait. Uh, there's a plethora of games on GA Go and you got Mayo Monaghan on Sky, so you can spend the entire weekend pretty much watching GA and obviously you can listen to it on Radio 1, Saturday and Sunday Sport, and you could follow it with our live blogs, reports and everything else on the RT website and the RT News app. So we'll be back on Monday to uh, look back on all the stuff, uh, which will take a while, obviously. I'll have to give Pat's plan more vitamins if he's going to be on. So we will chat to you then. Good luck. Thank you. by winning the last two matches on the road and that's not going to be taken away from us. What I love in Hurland, I love players that will never give in. He hits it, he hits it, it's over the bar!